I'm Kristen. And I'm Daisy. And you're joining us on The Seed. A Seed has so much potential. Each week, this podcast will be fertile ground for you to join us on our journey of growth, where we'll talk about literally fucking everything. We hope you feel seen, heard, and more connected to yourself after every listen. All right, sex. Let's get sexy. Right. I feel like we should. Okay. So one of the things that I absolutely want to know, I want to hear your like losing your virginity story or. I, okay. I have, I was a late bloomer. So I had sex much later in life. I wish I could remember how old I was. I think I was probably 23. Oh, wow. Okay late fucking bloomer i don't like telling people that because they're like what like i was like the everything but girl yeah because of jesus Mm -hmm. so by the time i kind of got rid of that and then like started dating someone and whatever yeah it was pretty late late in life but then okay so I luckily the person I first had sex with was a partner at the time that's not the luckily part but I think what was good was that he really taught me a lot and made me very very comfortable but the first time we ever tried to have sex I didn't realize that a guy would like get hard and then like if he was too nervous like that he would lose it Mm. and that's what happened the first time we were about to have sex literally and he's like it's not gonna work and I was like what do you mean that's not what I thought was gonna happen at all. <laughs> and I he just got like two in his head about it I guess yeah. and like I think it no we both knew it was my first time and all things like that so the first time I was supposed to have sex, we didn't end up having sex. And then the next day or later that night, I think it was the next day, we tried again and then actually had sex. And I think one thing to note for me was that it was, like, not as big of a fucking deal as everyone made it sound, mm-hmm. like, my whole life. Mm-hmm. But it was going to be this, like big thing I don't know like to me at that point it just it didn't matter like it it's like such a it's of course everyone's gonna have a different opinion on this and and when you want it to mean something I think it can but when you don't want it to mean something you're not gonna be this like lovesick strung out on emotion person yeah I mean it really just has the meaning you want to give it like you said if yeah if you hold a lot of value to it for whatever reason, then like, cool. Then it's going to be probably a big moment for you, but that's not what you're doing. It's really, (laughs) it's really not a big deal. And no one told me that. And I think I always kind of had that idea. My friends told me that, but I was still very nervous prior to that, that like, this was just like so sinful. So naturally everything, but, also how weird that we the the 
concept of virginity even exists. The fact that we have a word for the very first time a penis enters a vagina is nuts. That is really crazy, actually. Virginity. <laughs> well, I guess the, the word is for a vagina that has never had a penis in it, rather. But, like, losing yeah. it. The word, the fact that it just exists is just very strange. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And I think, too, that has to do with just, like, the religious undertones of it. Like, the Virgin Mary, a virgin, a virgin. Like Also, like, I'm convinced Mary wasn't a virgin. I'm sorry if that's sacrilegious. I think she bamboozled the whole town. I'm sure she did. I'm sure she did. A feminist icon. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> because in what, honestly, in what world? Could I ever be married and then show up to my husband with a baby inside of me and say, It's not his, apparently. It's not yours. It's not anyone else's either. It's God above. And everyone was just like, Let's write a book about this one. Yeah. They're like, oh, She's angelic. This woman she is. gaslit everyone. <laughs> ultimate manipulator. She's like, No, I'm not taking the hit for this. Okay, she formed a whole religion. No, she did. Based on cheating on Joe. Joseph. Joe. Joseph. Joe. <laughs> I was like, Joe. <laughs> For some reason I wanted to say John. That's why I was like, Joe, John, Joe. <laughs> oh my god. This is, a lot of people are not gonna like this. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not really incredibly sorry. I'm just sorry that you feel the way you feel right now. But <laughs> oh god, um, we all have to be uncomfortable sometimes. All right, just sit with it, guys. <laughs> Reflect just on the logic of it. If we take it, if we take the story, just take the story out of the Bible for a hot sec. Mm-hmm. Would you ever believe me if I came on this podcast and said and said that was my story? No. No one. No, I would be in a mental hospital. Yeah, I would. Someone would take away my rights. Like that's it. Just doesn't. She was. She was able to to change the whole trajectory of human history. Yeah, that's fucking powerful. Oh yeah, yeah. My person. Oh yeah. Wait, no. Go. What was yours like? It was like okay. It was very painful. I'll tell the story. So it, I wasn't really planning on it happening that day. I was kind of, I was dating this guy and it was, it was in high school. I think I was 16, 17 when it happened. And so me and my best friend at the time came up with this idea that we wanted to stay out all night that night for whatever reason and just drive around and fuck around and do whatever. So I told my mom I was sleeping at her house. She told her mom she was sleeping at my house. Naturally. naturally and we were just like yeah let's just drive around and we thought this was a great idea we thought we would have millions of things to do we live in a like a small suburb there's not that much to do everything closes early like what did we think we were gonna do all night I don't know so a couple hours pass and we get really really bored and over it and she had a boyfriend at the time I also had a boyfriend at the time. So we both are like, let's just call our boyfriends and see if we can sleep over their houses because we can't just go back home. We've just lied to both our moms. Um, So 
I go to mine, she goes to hers. And then that night it happened with the guy that I was dating. And I just wasn't planning on it happening that night, but it hurt. Actually, it happened the next morning even. It wasn't even that night. I stayed the night and the next morning, it all went down. Morning sucks, first time. For the first time. And I just remember being so weird about it. I was like, oh my God, it happened. And he's like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) And like, not even because it was a big deal, but just because it was so painful. And we had attempted it a few times and I was like really over it. And then eventually it went in and I was like, oh my God, it went in. (laughs) And he was like, bro, you're killing the mood. (laughs) Was it his first time? No, no, he was a few years older than me. So he must have been 20 at the time. Which is kind of nuts to think about now. But yeah, there was kind of a big age gap there. He certainly was not a virgin. It's interesting because I think when I was 16, I wouldn't have thought someone like that much older, or 17, I wouldn't have thought a 20-year-old was a lot older. But when I look at just the life of a 20-year-old versus a 17-year-old, I'm like, that is decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Because when I'm 20, like thinking back to what, like my headspace when I was 20, I don't think I'd ever find a 17 or 16 year old attractive. Yeah. But um, I think at the same time when we met, he thought I was 18. And then yeah. it wasn't until a little later that I was like, oh, I'm 16. <laughs> and he was like, Adam. And then, I don't know, but like we liked each other already at the time. And I thought he was younger too. I thought he was 18. So we both were operating under the assumption that we were, the other person was 18. So I was like, only two years. He was like, oh, only two years. And then it was actually four. (laughs) (laughs) Two years to the halfway point. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It is what it is. I remember telling a bunch of my friends that I sat with at lunch when I was in high school too about the age difference once I found out and my one friend he was like Daisy what like that guy's a freak he's a pedophile like what does a 20 year old want to do with a 16 year old and then this kid ended up becoming best friends with him (laughs) that's so funny they like still hung out years after me and him broke up type thing it's so funny I remember after my first time because it, like everyone knew in college, like people would try to have sex with me because I wasn't having sex. I was doing everything. But so I think for some people it was like, we'll see if I could get her to do it. Um, and then all my friends obviously knew. And at the time I was still really close with a lot of the girls I hung out with in college. We were like a really core group of friends. And I remember like, texting the group chat after being like all right it happened and everyone lost their shit they're like finally (laughs) oh my god I think it's interesting because before that I was always like a very sexual person and like really leaned into the everything but kind of situation and I remember before it kind of I think got around that I was a virgin I don't even like that I hadn't had sex let's say that um a couple of guys that I was hooking up with were shocked by that they were like there's no way you act like this and you haven't had sex (laughs) and I didn't know what I was acting like because I didn't I was never shy I don't know like I just I'm very comfortable talking about sex having sex exploring different things 
And I think even then, and it's been very evident even now as I've since then gotten older, that most people are like, oh, you don't have sex like most people have sex. <laughs> and I don't know. I think that's, I don't know what it is, but. I, don't, I mean, I couldn't tell you. I've never had sex with you, but. <laughs> <laughs> I it's think gotta be something if people are telling you that I think it's because I'm forward and I like to talk about it like I want to know what my partner likes what do what do they not like what are the boundaries what do you want to explore what haven't you done that you thought you might want to do mm. like I'm into all of that what okay I want to get into the idea of like what are best or better I guess sexual experiences have been like mm. but one thing that just came to mind even before we get into that I want to like put emphasis on so the first person that I had sex with was someone I was dating and he was very which this is why I think earlier I was like luckily this he was very like prioritizing me finishing and the woman in a heterosexual like cis het norm I'm butchering the words relationship saying like okay no we're gonna prioritize that whereas I have been with guys who have said to me well women don't really have orgasms right <clears throat> And I was like, the breeze could blow the wrong way and I could have an orgasm. Like, I am so sensitive and fragile. The fact that, like, that guy was just like, women have orgasms? And then my first boyfriend was like, no, we're making sure. And then we can, like, think about other stuff. I'm very... There's one thing to be grateful for for him is that because that really changed my view on all my sexual experiences after. That's a good first sexual partner to have because I'm kind of in the opposite camp of you where I struggle to have an orgasm with a lot of guys until the guy that I first loved. But I was having orgasms on my own for as long as I can remember. So <laughs> yeah. Like, I can easily do it, but I think I realized, too, that, um, of course, like, the guy needs to put effort into it, but also, I really can only get there if I'm mentally there and if I have an emotional connection with a person. Ooh. I've never orgasmed with somebody that I didn't have feelings for. And... Um, yeah, like, so the guy that I first was in love with was very much like, well, I'm going to make this happen. And I feel like the sex with him was super passionate and super like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, contact and like, just, yeah. just like push, pull, touch. Yeah. Right. And so he was the first person that ever could make me do that. And there was a guy before him that I was hooking up with in college who was also like really good in bed, like objectively, like was doing all the right things. And I could not orgasm with him. And he was like determined to make me orgasm. And I couldn't like there was one time he literally handcuffed me to his bed and ate me out for like an hour trying to make me orgasm. Did it feel good to you or like? Yeah, it felt good, but I couldn't get there. And I was like, 
like we're done like this isn't happening and he was so angered by it he was like there's no way like I'm gonna make you orgasm that's so fucking <laughs> good for you for not faking it because faking it is like my pet peeve and again first boyfriend I remember the one and maybe only time I did fake it with him was very early on in our relationship because I, it, it wasn't even for any reason like he could make me orgasm it was fine sex was great but just I probably was tired one time or whatever mm -hmm. and the next day he was like I have a question for you I was like okay he's like did you fake it last night and I was like yeah I did <laughs> well, I must not be a good faker. Yeah. Um, and he well, you must just be in tune with what you're, what it feels like when you do, and versus yeah. didn't, you know? Yeah, and I think at that point, like once we started having sex, we were having sex a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah, he just probably knew, and he looked me dead in the face. I remember we were at the gym when he said this, when he brought it up. It must have really been on his mind, and he's like, "Don't ever do that again. Mm -hmm. I'd rather you not come." then you fake it wow like, that was he was like do not ever and I was like okay then I won't and okay. then there would just be some times where I didn't finish most mm -hmm. times I did but and you know what though like I stopped faking it at that time in my life but I want to say like earlier in my life when I had first lost my virginity I was faking it with every guy that I had sex with at that time you know okay. yeah I, I think it was a bunch. It wasn't that serious, but like the few people that I did have sex with between then and like my senior year of college, I would say I was probably faking it. And then I was just like, fuck that. Like it's more fun if I don't fake it. And then the guy's like, well, wait, I gotta make this happen. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and if they don't, leave them, leave their ass. Yeah, totally. That to me is a non negotiable. I have bought friends vibrators. <laughs> because I have had friends in my life say that they have been with their partner for years and have like faked it more times than not. That, so that's a man listening, you gotta know that, that that is real and it exists. Many women fake it and it drives me yeah. fucking crazy because people with vaginas deserve to have an orgasm. Figure and it what's out. What's annoying is I feel like a lot of guys are even aware of that and just don't really care. And it's so annoying. Yeah. Let's add context. So when we're saying we're two, well, I'm heterosexual. No, I'm bisexual. And I'm cisgender. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm talking about like partners, could be both. And I don't know. I just feel like we need to like add caveats here because we're saying guys, girls, those, that. Um, agree people with vaginas have a harder time having an orgasm that's just like a fact I think I don't know that that's an opinion yeah and what about you how do you identify or, or work with all this I don't think I have a clear label I feel like I, I'm so unclear about everything in my life I didn't have a clear label with my religion either <laughs> I am questioning I would say I've only been with men up until this point I have had feelings for women I've never explored it yet so who the fuck knows really but I am cisgender I I think I would even actually piggyback on that because 
if any family member listens to this podcast right now and I'm saying I'm bisexual, they're gonna be like, what? Because I've never like come out and that's fine. Like if my parents were to ask me or someone were to ask me, I would tell them, but I just don't feel a need to be like, I've slept with a woman. Like, I just don't know that it's that big of a deal um, to me, but to them it, it would be. But at the same time, I feel like if I'm saying bisexual, does that then limit my perception to like people who identify as male and female and excludes people who are non-binary? Because that to me wouldn't make me bisexual then because I wouldn't be with someone. So you could call yourself pansexual. Okay. I think that's the term for people who are also like inclusive of all genders and yeah other you know just like all identities what I will say is that I think like on my hinge profile I because I'm looking for a relationship right now not just like a sexual partner I have men and non-binary people because for some reason maybe it's my internalized misogyny that's the right phrase but I just can't see myself like dating a woman and marrying a woman there's a term I've come across on TikTok that has kind of really opened my eyes about this specifically um people call it compulsive heterosexuality have you heard yes. it? yes yeah. yeah I don't know there's if that's- I follow on Instagram her Instagram handle and I'll link it is her name's Alyssa but it's O Alyssa Mm-hmm. and it's like o-h-i-l-y-s-s-a she spells Alyssa with an i and she I identify with her so much because she's around my age she's married to a man she's bisexual and she was raised in an evangelical Christian home mm. she's very open about how she went from always being a virgin to and like thinking being gay was bad to exploring all different types of sexuality and her and her husband have like a consensual open marriage but only in terms of sex Mm. so when they want to bring in a third they do or if she wants to sleep with a woman they talk about it before and he's involved in some capacity um okay they have like a a couple thing and she talks about it very publicly so if anyone is looking to know more about that she explains this she she uses the term compulsive heterosexuality that we're just all kind of indoctrinated into that belief yeah I bring that up because I guess I was just wondering too if maybe that is kind of the experience you're bringing up like I don't know if I could date a woman because of that or I mean also too it's totally a spectrum so you could be like attracted sexual sexually and not emotionally so there totally is a difference too but I don't know you if you can expand I've, on that or... I I've thought about it because I want to obviously explore my own like internalized biases bias and I just I wonder where it comes from and and not that it would be bad if I felt that way or anything but yeah no I'm just curious about my own like I'm with you there because I 
I am hesitant to even explore women sexually, even though I know since a very young age, like eight, I was kind of questioning. I remember sitting my mom down at eight years old and being like, mom, am I gay? <laughs> because of like a Rihanna music video. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> my mom was like, no, like you're not. And I'm like, okay, like uh, that's an annoying response. She totally could have been like, maybe, you know, like, and that's yeah. okay, but instead it was like, no, you're not. Shut it down. I remember. I know. I've never. I don't think I've ever told anyone this. Um, there was a a how old could I've been? Maybe like third or fourth grade. One of my girlfriends had kissed me. Mm. Kissing me. And, like, not in the mouth, but, like, right next to it, kind of. Like, cheek, but, like, like in a romantic way. Okay. And I remember being, like, oh, I can't believe I'm about this. Like, it was after church, too. And I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, this isn't, this isn't right. But I, like, I liked it. I remember when I was younger, I was, like, oh, this is, like, cool and secretive and fun. And we were, like, in my room, just, like what does this do I'm like touching each other but like over the clothes like I don't know it was just kind of like it very like innocent childlike oh we have bodies now yeah, yeah. Really. but that's also that would have been the same age as you mm -hmm. yeah I guess that's when you start kind of exploring that and questioning that yeah I don't know what the exact age for, or like, not that there's an exact age, but I don't know what the general age that, that those thoughts start kind of happening. But I remember being freaked out just because society at that yeah. point in time would very much push the idea that like straight is what people should be. Yeah. Right? And so I remember just being really nervous about it. And I was like, well, what do I, what do I do? So I asked my mom. <laughs> and we have to think too, like you and I grew up in a time where gay marriage was illegal yeah like you literally it was exactly yes and was. so there's people now that don't have that experience yeah so they're gonna be more comfortable with who they are at whatever age because they don't have just societies I mean we do obviously but at least the law is not written where and in general, it's like more accepted now than it used to be. Like, I feel like the generations growing up now are figuring out their gender identity, figuring out their sexuality way younger because they don't feel like they need to hide the things that they're feeling and suppress the things they're feeling. They're exploring it when the thoughts come up. So they just like have the language for it and like the understanding that it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And when I... I always knew what being transgender was, which you would think I obviously would have known what like cisgender meant, but I didn't hear that term until I was like 23, maybe even like, I was and again, I knew what someone who was transgender, I knew what that meant. But the fact that I was cisgender, I was like, oh, a word for that too. Okay. Like, yeah because hey we always just I feel like we grew up in a time where it was taken as the default so we didn't name it anything like nobody knew the name for it and it's it shouldn't be just considered the default right like gender is a construct you should be able to identify as whatever gender you you want to so yeah. having a name for it 
kind of takes away from that idea of it being the default, which is nice in a sense, you know? I agree. Because then it's, then if you don't fit in this mold of the default, like you're saying, you're no longer like a, a deviant on in society. You're no longer like other. It's just more options are available to you. And like you said, you're more comfortable to explore all of that. Mm -hmm. What is, there's so many questions I have now flooding in my brain. What is the best, and maybe you don't know the best single sex, sexual experience, whatever that you've had, but like what for you makes it or made it the best if you can like think of like I gotta go back to saying like well there's a couple of things when oh, yeah, yeah when I have feelings for a person and it's clear that they also have feelings for me and when a guy or a person whatever I've only experienced it with a guy so far but when a guy puts my pleasure first kind of like as, as a priority I, I really enjoy that of course too so yeah I would say those two things I would have to be emotionally attached to the person and I really like knowing that they want to please me sexually mm -hmm. what about you I this is hard for me because I this is going to sound sad, but it's not sad. It's not sad to me. I don't know if I've ever been in love. So okay. I've told two, no, one person that I love them. And I've had sex with many people who I've not told I love you two and like had great times. Yes. So I don't think that like, for me, I've had a sexual experience where it was like this idea of making love mm -hmm. or anything like that. And maybe I will in the future one day. Hopefully I'll understand what that means. But also, so for me, that's I'm coming from a lens of like purely like what physically oh, okay. is going to like make it a really good experience. And for me, like any... Anytime I've had sex and it's been good was just like you said, it was more like my pleasure was a priority. I feel like a big part of that is when obviously when men have sex with you and they don't prioritize your pleasure as a woman, it just feels like you're being used. Like it almost feels degrading. So I think them prioritizing your pleasure actually gives you the freedom to mm -hmm. feel the thing like you don't feel like an object in that moment. I also feel like porn is like really damaging men's ideas of what female pleasure looks like because a lot of guys who watch porn think they know how to get a girl off and what an orgasm looks like. They have no clue when girls are, are faking it. They have no idea what's actually going to feel good. Like all of that, I hope everyone listening knows all of that is for the look of it, the theatrics of it. Like, porn is not actually how sex should go most of the time, you know? No. I want to say most of the time. And, like, if you're somebody and you are sitting here listening and you're like, fuck, have I just never gotten someone with a vagina off before? 
<laughs> I invite you to ask them what they want because uh, like ask them ask what they like um I remember one of the relationships I had he we'd been like dating and sleeping together for a little bit which we weren't yet official and I looked over him and I said do you just not go down on girls and he was like shook to his core and I was like well you haven't and like I need that in a relationship like that that is the thing guy uh, the person I'm with guy whoever you need to go down on me like that guy I asked him that question because again I like talking about sex I'm gonna be like what did you like from our when we had sex what didn't you like what do you want to try again like I love it and he shared with me he's like well I just feel like that's not like my strong suit and I was like all right let's practice yes there you go and like just have a playful experience of like that feels good higher lower do this do that and if he is dating someone right now that person needs to fucking thank me because (laughs) (laughs) he went from not being ideal to being the best person to ever give oral sex ever 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 hands down really I guarantee like professional like wow. I'm telling you granted we were together for a couple of years but like yeah. he honed in on that skill and also too with that being said not every person's gonna like the same things too so again yeah. the importance of asking just because like you oh, know yeah. what got your last partner off doesn't mean you're gonna know what gets your next one off yeah not at all not at all not at all because there's even experiences like so for me, like when I said earlier, like a breeze could blow the wrong way. Like for some reason, my nipples are very sensitive. <laughs> and so I could literally be like wearing a bra and I'm just like, I'm feeling too much right now. And so there's been guys that I've been with, they just like touch me under my bra and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And they're like, wait, you like that? And I'm like, yes, like that, that, that could be it for me. Mm -hmm. And that is not normal. That's not like a typical, I think, sensation that most people feel that like they can get themselves to that point from just that. But for some reason, my body is different than others. Just like everyone's bodies are different than another person. So always ask, but that's the point. It should be like open and fun and Mm -hmm. That's when I have the best time. When it's when people are talking about it, when people are more comfortable. I agree. It's nice like knowing that they want to figure you out too. And also if you're the person who is not being pleased, I feel like it's okay to also bring it up and be like, hey, this is what I want. And like if they're not asking, you know. You need to, I think. If it's like not like just a one night stand. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm having literally like I think the second time I have sex with someone, I'm like, all right, let's have a real conversation about what you like and don't like. Like, because I don't know. And most people I think are kind of like, why are you doing this right now? And I'm like, because we're having sex and we should talk about it. Why would we not talk about it? We literally, you're just inside of me. Why would we not talk about that? Right. Why do people find it weird to talk about it, but not weird to do it? Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Shame around it, I guess, but I don't know. I I think once I like fully like cut myself off from any kind of religion, all of the shame around sex for me went away. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel that once it was no longer a thing tied to like my spirituality, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's another thing to do. <laughs> yeah, never needed to be that deep. Yeah. One thing um, that I don't know, I think I've said it to you. I know I was talking to another friend about it recently. I haven't had sex in a while. I haven't had sex for like four months now. And this is no, not the longest, but for me, that's a long time. And I'm at a point where like, yes, I want a relationship, but I feel like whether I actually sleep with someone or just like, I don't know why I don't like the word masturbation, mm. but I need it's to. Like, of, yeah, I hear you. It's kind of a weird word. It's a weird word, but I feel like in order for me to like go on a first date or something at this point, I need to have sex or masturbate because there's no way I can go into something clear headed right now. Mm. I'm going to like that person. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm. And I need the clarity of, I'm just not liking you because I want to have sex with you. That always happens to me when I'm ovulating. I'm always like way more inclined to think I have feelings for a person I meet when I'm ovulating. And I've noticed that because there have been times where I literally have these short lived obsessions with guys and like same, like vice versa. It's like they, you know, how like people can kind of sense when you're ovulating, just like human yeah. nature, like reproductive wise. And it becomes this thing where it's like I meet this person, it's like magnetic. And then like three days later, it fizzles out. <laughs> Your body just wanted to have that baby. It really does. And I go quite long periods of time without sex because, like I said, the emotional aspect for me is, like, what's pleasing about it. Yeah. So, like, I tend to, like, not really want to. Like, I don't have the urge to have sex with people usually. Like, I, I'm just like, well, I can do it myself kind of a thing. Yeah. I, I do crave, like, the, the intimacy part of it, like, the physical, just, like, being touched by another person. But the actual sex part is never usually fulfilling to me unless I have feelings. I meant to add this earlier and I had forgotten, but I think I just need to know what the deal is. Mm -hmm. That's when I'm comfortable having sex in most situations. Obviously, if I want to be having it. But if I know we're like a friends with benefits, casual situation, I'm good. Mm -hmm. But don't tell me you like me and then we're having sex and then that's not true. Just tell me what the deal is because I'm down. But I just want to know the situation that I'm in because if for some reason I'm thinking we're in a relationship or you're telling me you're in love with me and we're having sex, I'm going to think of it differently than something more casual. Mm -hmm. And I don't like the like feeling duped or something like that. That to me is what I need. I just need clear intentions. I need intentionality. Yeah. What's your, okay, what's your um, opinion or thoughts on the idea of sex being an energy exchange? So I've gone back and forth about that because I think, again, it, intention is probably 
gonna end up being my answer but there's been times in my life where I think it is an energy exchange yeah I think still intention is my idea because if it's an energy exchange then I know what I'm giving mm-hmm. right like I know if I'm having sex with someone who's more of a friend with benefits yeah we are exchanging energy I do think that that's something but what I'm giving to that situation and the energy that I'm bringing is not like romance long term mm-hmm. invest something into that that doesn't reciprocate it mm-hmm. and then if there's a different situation where again and I've had both of those instances happen in the last like six months to a year of my life where one was very casual very enjoyable I'd have sex with him again because I knew what was going on and I still know what's going on it is casual it's fun we get along really well Mm -hmm. where there's another person where they were telling me they were in love with me and that to me felt like a very icky energy exchange after the fact because hindsight's 2020 they were not feeling how they were feeling for me or how they expressed it And so I was going into our relationship dynamic very differently. Mm -hmm. So the energy that I gave to that situation and the sex that resulted from it left me feeling like that ick afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point that the intention of the interaction makes a difference. That's a really good way to put it. Because I feel like I've never thought of it necessarily in those terms. Um, But that is, I guess, at the core kind of what I operate from just without having like the language for it, like how you just expressed. Because I feel like same here, like where for me, it's more of maybe I connect sex with love a little bit more than maybe the average person does and so for me like the intention of like having sex with the intention of love is what feels good to me and then any other kind of intention wrapped up into it like doesn't feel good to me for me personally I think like I think like if if I'm not being loved emotionally by this person I don't want to be touched by them physically and I don't really know where that comes from but I think like for that reason like I kind of get the ick feeling from sex that's like not necessarily ill intention from the other person's end but just not what I'm seeking from sex which I guess is love not that I'm seeking love from sex but the two are very tied in my mind because I've only enjoyed sex when love was there I almost wish that I felt that way but I'm hopeful that I will feel that way you definitely will. It is like, it's the most connective thing you can do with someone. So it makes sense. And I think that's, no, not that there's a right or wrong way or a healthier, no, well, there's definitely an unhealthy way to have sex, but mm-hmm. I don't know that there's a universally healthy way to do it, but mm-hmm. there is something there, I think. And I don't know if, you've seen I've seen like like drawings on like social media where it's like people are actually illustrating it mm-hmm. as like a man's body going into 
a woman's body and like there being like this circle of energy but then that makes me think like people who are not heterosexual or like a penis and a vagina going together like they are also having sex and like it's not drawn out that experience that explicitly so I feel like and I don't think like that visual is the the only way to express that energy ex- exchange. It doesn't have to be like something inside the other thing. Like I think there's still the energy exchange with like, you know, let's say two women having sex or like, yeah, non-binary, transgender, whatever. Like any kind of gender expression, sexual orientation, sexuality, whatever. Any kind of sex that's happening. Like I think there still is an energy exchange, and it doesn't have to be so like, yeah the exchange is happening because one part is in another like I don't even necessarily think that's what exchanges the energy I just think it's like being so closely intimate with another human in whatever yeah, way that's what it is. I think when I think of that concept it's just only been informed by like a little like white wellness graphic of like your energy <laughs> and this person is inside of you Remember that video I sent you where it was how even our language around sex is gendered mm-hmm. and informed by the patriarchy because we're talking about like nailing someone or like penetration or things like that. And it's all centered around a penis entering a vagina. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we flip flopped it, if we just like kept those body parts and we were thinking of engulfing. Or something like that, where, or like, I I think there was another word, this is borrowed from a video I saw online, but just the idea that, like, a vagina would be engulfing a penis rather than, like, a penis penetrating a vagina. Mm -hmm. We don't say it that way, we don't view it that way, because our idea of sex is really, really from the male lens, from a patriarchal view. Right. Which is really wild to think. And again, goes back to the idea of like compulsive heterosexuality, like you said. Mm-hmm. What's the worst sexual experience you've had? Like laughable. Let me think. Because um, there, I think there's been a few. <laughs> it's been quite a few. <laughs> what? Well, that's like one comically bad one. Um, well, there was one, oh, this one was like awful actually in my mind. I think this is like terrible. <laughs> there was one where I was hanging out with a friend who was in college, did not expect this to be what ended up happening at all. I thought we were just getting like boba tea. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow we like go back to this person's apartment and you know like when you're a broke college student and like you're living in like an off-campus house the house is always like weird it's always like cheap and weird and like set up fucking weird weird rooms this kid's room was like (laughs) the person whose bedroom was over here had to walk through this person's room to reach the rest of the house basically it wasn't meant to be a room it was like a den maybe but it was this kid's bedroom so we're in there, we're hanging out. Somehow this ends up like happening and we start like 
having sex. Worst sex ever, by the way. It was like awful. There was like no foreplay. You thought you were getting boba tea. It goes back to the intention. And then this just starts happening. And then all of a sudden this roommate walks through. <laughs> Oh god. Jump up. Oh yeah, I was fully naked. And so is he. And I jump up and this kid throws a pillow on me and he gets up like dick out and he like shuts the door like in the kid's face. He's like, get out. Oh my god. Oh, the vibe was just so killed after that, but like thank God because I was having an awful time anyway. So I just like put my clothes on and left. (laughs) Oh my god. It was so bad. And I knew his roommate. Like, I know this kid. It's not like I never saw this kid again. Like, I know that guy. <laughs> okay, weird question. Okay. Is there any part of you, even though it was bad sex, that enjoyed, like, someone walking in on it? I don't want to say I hated it, but I don't think I necessarily enjoyed it either. I think I was kind of neutral about it, and it was just more startling than anything. And I think I was a little relieved because I wasn't enjoying it. Okay. But I didn't know that I was like, oh, yeah, like this person saw us having sex. I don't know that I like necessarily yeah. am into that specifically. Is that something you think you? Oh, no, I know I am. That's why. I- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So many times where like, like a guy would go to close to shades or something. I'd be like, you can keep them open. <laughs> <laughs> okay. on the ground floor I'm like I know where we are <laughs> I'm aware exactly what I'm doing yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is intentional that's funny yeah what do you think is like something you've never tried before but that like you really want to that's a great question because that the issue that I run into um is that and this we can go deeper into another episode is there are things that I would want to explore kink wise dom sub dynamics but to a degree that I wouldn't want to do it to someone I was dating Mm, okay thinking like degradation or physical stuff like I don't like when I'm in a relationship I'm very like loving Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine degrading somebody that I am, like, in, like, a long-term relationship with. No, that makes sense. I also feel like that might change the dynamic in your relationship, not just sexually. Yeah. I can't see how it wouldn't. And I can't see how I would be able to, like, do something to that person and then not think about it, like, later and, like, feel bad about it. But, again, this goes back to the intentionality for me if I have somebody that's just around for playing with that's different that's a consensual dynamic of okay we're just kind of in this to explore those parts of ourselves rather than be in a relationship I can't really think about like and maybe one day I'll have that dynamic but I can't fathom that right now Mm -hmm. and where I've kind of struggled in my past relationships was I wanted the person to do things to me or and I and not that I wanted to do anything crazy or extreme I think with the other person and they were like that's a little much Mm -hmm. so 
and like I think this is like like tying someone up or something like that or like getting a sex swing or furniture or like sensory play not necessarily like beating someone with a paddle but like drawing like maybe something like sharp across the skin but not like cutting like I don't know like different things like that I just want to push the edge of those things but that has really freaked out my last partners okay so then it makes me feel like I am too much sexually for them like in a weird way and then I can't really and again like if it's somebody that's just kind of the the intention is all right we're gonna like play and explore like I don't know that the extremes that I would want to go to and the edges I would want to play with really coincides with how I operate romantically and relationally Mm. so it's all hard for me to figure out and I'm still kind of in that space like the other day on hinge I liked someone's profile like strictly because they put not vanilla Mm -hmm. or like not like if you're vanilla like that's not the kind of relationship I'm looking for and for anyone that doesn't know that's kind of like a code I guess for like if you're vanilla you're not into exploring kinky stuff you're just into like you know basic regular regular stuff yeah Yeah. and that's fine but and I like sent that person a like and then I was like but like I don't know I don't know the extremes that I would actually want to go to and what what how would you feel if you were in a relationship with someone and the degradation stuff was like balanced out like what if they let you degrade you but to an equal extent they dominated you for example and so it it kind of felt like maybe the dynamic wasn't different well I don't want to be dominated so okay so this is how I describe myself and I can go more in depth but I like to think that I am like a switchy dom mm-hmm. so what I mean by that is if you think of like a, a classic dom sub relationship one person's the, like dominant mm-hmm. in whatever context that means whether that could be like physical um verbal anything right so there's somebody who has that energy and if you're switchy or you're a switch you can go both ways so I think in a relationship, what I like is at the end of the day, I like to be the one in control, but I want to tell you that you can tie me up and it's on my terms. Like you can do that stuff. I will be more submissive. I will be tied up. I will do all these things, but at the end of the day, it's because I allowed you to tie me up. Right. I gave you the permission to do that. So I'm still the one in control. Okay. I get I get where you're coming from there. That makes sense. Like I but I love like in out outside of that context, the like aggressive sexual things, like slamming against a wall, rip my clothes off, break stuff, like just like the really intense. Yeah push pull tug scratch 
love leaving marks things like I'm like getting too into it now <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good you can get if it I could leave a, like I love leaving like scratches hickeys bruises things like okay that. interesting see I'm so not into anything pain oriented like I like trying new stuff like let's say somebody was like let's use like ice cubes or like let me tie you up yeah. like, cool. I do not want to be smacked I don't want to be choked I don't want to be scratched like never I don't want to be smacked, but I'll definitely be scratched and I'll definitely be choked. Yeah, that I think is like normal almost. It's normal, quote unquote, in that like, of course, we should never kink shame. But I also feel like more and more because of like social media and stuff like that, I think people are getting this idea that like normal quote-unquote normal sex is like all these kink things or like in the past like it wasn't necessarily like people even like young kids type of a thing I feel like are starting to feel like well I need to enjoy getting like hit and choked and stuff when they're first just starting out experimenting with sex even because like that's something that they hear about and they just think like that's gonna make them more desirable or wanted or like seem like they're enjoying the experience more and I feel like we need to use like the terminology around like normal (laughs) maybe a little bit more selectively because like not that kink is not normal kink should totally be normalized in the sense of like there should be no shame around it but I don't want to say it's like a typical experience either Yeah, I think it's, like, managing expectations, and also, like, if I think back to the first time I watched porn, I thought that's what I needed to act like in order to be desirable, so I don't know that I, I think this is, like, illustrating the, the gender, not that we have a wide generation gap, but, like, I have no idea that, like, things like that are becoming normalized on the internet yeah. I didn't either until I saw a TikTok the other day about like some lady around our age kind of explaining it that like younger kids are like this is normal for younger kids now and I'm thinking back even to high school and like maybe people didn't like actively do it but people would always talk about doing all these things and it's like well we're like just starting out here maybe yeah. we should like take it slow why are we all like expecting 16 year olds to be porn stars <laughs> like what is going on well I remember there was like a distinctive shift in my high school around like maybe freshman sophomore year so the it was a regional high school and the elementary school I came from we were all very innocent and we kind of merged with another school that was not mm-hmm. and they were way more just like sexually advanced which sounds weird to say about high schoolers but like they were doing stuff that like we had never heard of like no one I don't know that anyone in my grade had had sex by the time they got to high school but like kids from the other school did mm-hmm. and so by the time I was a senior people were like having orgies in the woods kind of thing. exactly like that in high school I don't know that that should be like quote unquote normal in high school. (laughs) Yeah. And it was, it was interesting because my brother is younger than I am. And I remember his grade in elementary school, his class, they were starting stuff way younger, way, way younger, like sixth graders and stuff. Mm -hmm. 
And I think like accessibility to porn as well as like social media definitely is what's causing that. How do you feel about porn? So I think porn should be ethical at the end of the day. If you are consuming content that is pornography, I would love it if you would explore like websites that you know are ethical. Yes. Just because you don't know what the person on like fucking Pornhub is being forced to do or where that where that's coming from. Unless it's someone like, I don't know, like an actual porn star who is well known. Like I'm thinking of like Riley Reed or like someone like that. Like she obviously has videos everywhere and that's different but when you're just like scrolling through a site like Pornhub you don't know if that person is being forced to do things Mm -hmm. so I always go and not that I actually personally particularly love watching porn I definitely had a phase but it's not really my thing anymore Belisa or Belessa I think it's called Belessa they have all their videos on their site are ethical and like some of them yeah you might see on Pornhub but a lot of them or a lot of the stuff on Pornhub is not found there mm-hmm. so I'm at least like okay I can trust that like the people in this video are again like it, it's consensual mm-hmm. and there's also way less theatrics oh on that website because I think it's like yeah you have like your your porn stars but also you have just more of a I mean, it's not authentic at all, but it's a more authentic version mm-hmm. than something you're going to get in, like, the deep corners of Pornhub. Yeah. So I agree with you 100% on the ethical piece. Um, I also want to add to that, like, I don't think there should be any shame, of course, around watching porn or anything. Like, do you? Do what you got to do. But I also feel like there's an element that people don't recognize of, like, how it desensitizes us to stuff. That's why I stopped watching it. And how, yeah, and how that, like, really perpetuates even rape culture because, like, we're desensitizing ourselves to, let's say, like, quote-unquote vanilla sex, right? And then we're like, okay, let's find something that's going to get me off now since that's not as exciting anymore. And, like, it ends up being this domino effect of, like, well, you're just always kind of seeking something more and more out there. And then you get to the point, not always, of course, but I think a lot of people get to the point where they're starting to watch porn that is like rape or like promoting these things that are not, that shouldn't really be normalized in our mind is like, okay. And then I feel like you see people kind of like acting it out, like without consent, without the consent piece in their lives. And like, I think that's like where it's like, it gets kind of scary. Like we're just desensitizing ourselves to a lot of things that, um, you know, shouldn't just be like, again, I don't want to use the word normal, but shouldn't be so like common and like, yeah. like I don't know how to word it in a way that's getting what I'm trying to say across. Because again, not that there should be any shame around kink, but like just in a way that like we're normalizing something that like should be kind of, it isn't the common thing and we're making it the common thing. I think 
my experience with like what you're saying is like when I had phases in my life where I would watch porn more it was harder for me to enjoy sex with a person Mm -hmm. because like you said your threshold changes and it can be I think shifted back but for me the more porn I watched the harder it was to have an orgasm with a person Mm -hmm. and then over time those videos weren't enough just like you said and it becomes you become numb to it something about watching the other and that being like your only sense of stimulation you start to become reliant on that yeah and then like I think there's just a whole other scary element too of like then people start venturing into like pedophilia type of stuff like little kids in like like little kids that are being exploited for porn and stuff and like now it's like okay well now I only get off to little kids and it's like so what are we creating here there's like something that we're creating with all of this There needs to be a lot of, like, if you're going to watch porn, I would, again, encourage a person to do it consciously because there is a fine line that we're playing with here, and we can play with that line, but we also, again, have to be very conscious because if you look on sites like Pornhub or other places where you might not get ethical content, a lot of the role-playing and the women in those videos are meant to look younger yeah, or they and are younger. And they are younger. Some of them really are. Like, if you go on Pornhub and you, like, swipe through, you might see some people on there that, like... Or 15, 14. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's not that... Well, yeah, I guess they should I don't know. I'm not going to shit or shouldn't that. But it's just icky. There's a lot of stuff on there that you might find yourself in the area of. Mm-hmm. And it's not about shaming the person watching it. It's more about what is safe here and for you, the viewer, what is safe for you and what is safe for the person in in the video. That That's an actual person. So if we can just be conscious of what we're doing, I think it just creates a better yeah. one individual sexual experience and then makes society safer as a whole. Mm-hmm. when we consciously and a lot of porn stars too not only are they being exploited like yeah but also too for example I just think about Mia Khalifa and that video she had that blew up it was like millions of views on it it was an iconic porn video and I've heard her talk about it and say she only made a couple thousand dollars off of that video mm-hmm. but like exiled from her family like her reputation was now destroyed like had a hard time finding jobs and things like that for a while after and it's like okay these people might not be getting paid for like what we're viewing like fairly either so it's like there's like different layers of exploitation happening here not only their physical bodies if it's non-consensual or if they're being like forced into this but also too like people who even are doing it voluntarily like are they even making enough money off of the like there's just so many layers to porn that feel unethical and not because of the piece of we're watching people have sex but like because of the things behind that yeah 
There was, oh, I'm going to butcher it. But I remember having this idea. I'm going to see if I can articulate it. Having this idea and then watching it kind of played out in a TV show where the the male character had, like, come up upon this, like, it's almost like a farm situation or, like, some kind of, like, country housing where this woman was basically the, I guess, head leader of a group of prostitutes. Is that even, like, a word to say nowadays? That's not, I don't know. Um, but the guy was like, oh, what are you doing here, this and that? And she was like, you're only mad because you have to pay for it. When a woman takes back her bodily autonomy and turns what you want into something you actually have to pay for, you don't want it anymore and you look down upon it. Yeah. And that's what I think about with that woman you mentioned. And most people who are selling their content, their sexual content, people look down on it like, oh my gosh, you have an OnlyFans or you're selling this how crazy but you just want it for free you're only pissed because because you're paying for it (laughs) right you're still the people who are consuming all the free content on Pornhub like you're just like oh I have to pay for it so like what the fuck yeah so you only like it when people are being exploited for it (laughs) okay have you ever paid for porn huh you ever paid for porn no, I've never paid for it, honestly. I don't really watch porn, though. I went through a period of time where I did, um, like, in high school, before I really, like, knew about the yeah. exploitation involved and all of that. But I haven't watched porn for a very long time. Have I you? I like, one video once. Because it was, like, someone that I... I'm not going to say who, because um, it's kind of like a little side gig they have. But... It's just people that they know and they have like an Instagram page and it's kind of like functions like an OnlyFans mm-hmm. and them and their partner just like every so often because it's like part of their thing. They really enjoy recording themselves having sex and knowing other people watch it. So they're like Venmo $5 and we'll send you this video. So I did that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's not bad. $5. No. I would do it. But anything else, I like, if I watch porn, I only go to that website now. And is that website free? Yeah, it's free. They do have paid content, but they have like free stuff on there too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've watched that before. And they also have vibrators. That I've oh, cool. They're kind of like an all-in-one stop shop sex website awesome we should link that in the show notes yeah they're always having sales i got a vibrator once buy one get one free that's awesome i think i need a new one i get mine from target and i feel like the battery on them dies over time like so quickly oh my gosh yeah i've never had a battery die oh yeah i need a better i've like obviously forgot to charge it and then it is but like 
No, they're also functioning. Any like vibrator. No, I just mean like the battery like over time like holds less of a charge, I guess is what I'm saying. Like you can feel it getting like you have to charge it more often and even when you do, it's like not working as well. And I'm like, this is annoying. <laughs> okay, so okay, first of all, nothing is worse than your vibrator stopping when you're in the middle of using it. Without some fucking climax too is the worst. Like literally the worst. But then that brings me to my other thought was I have to really watch how often I use them because same idea it makes it harder for me yes. to get off from like a person touching me, mm-hmm. me so I really had to like learn that that boundary the hard way <laughs> of like oh I can't only use this yeah I mean I haven't had a person touch me in a while so I feel like I'm like yeah whatever but I feel like that has become evident to me in the past and I'm like oh yeah play off this sometimes you just need your hand you need to go back the old-fashioned way mm. you know it's so funny I don't remember if it was a vibrator or a crystal I think I've had both instances where they've been in my bed not that I'm using a crystal to masturbate but like where they've been in my bed and the guy that I was talking to was he rolled over and was like or no I realized after I was making my bed and I saw it in the bed and I was like did you see that he's like yeah I thought it was funny and I was like oh my god (laughs) that is funny (laughs) okay wait I want to ask you too when you first started masturbating what was your method as a kid or like as a teen or whatever hands and pillows pillows was my thing too pillows I have a friend that would use like the ball of their foot not the ball of their foot the heel of their foot they would sit on their foot and then just like rub with the the, like heel of their foot and I was like what I never thought of that in my life it was always pillows for me I think it was hands and pillows for me and okay I just what was the first orgasm you had, if you want to share? <laughs> I don't even, or, like... No, I should, let me reframe that. First with another person. Was it with sex? It was, yeah, it, it was through oral sex with that person that I loved. Oh, my gosh. The it was, first... like, oral and fingering at the same time. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. The best, yeah. <laughs> oh, like I said, I'm fragile right now. Like, oh, my God, yeah um the first time that I ended up having an orgasm with another person I was like freaked out by it because fully clothed I was clothed he was clothed he was sitting on the couch I was on top of him we were making out and we weren't like heavy grinding but just something with the motion of what we were doing and the way he was touching me nothing again yeah you know what? Actually, I take it back because I've absolutely had an orgasm from like dry humping someone prior to that. Yeah, like it, like it could have been dry humping, but like it barely was. Like it, if I'm thinking of a spectrum of all the like clothes on stuff, like it was mild. And I remember being like, is this happening right now? Like what? what's going on? Wait, have you ever, like I've never actually fully orgasmed from this but I was like really close to and then I had to stop 
what I was doing because I was literally in public. But like when I was working out once. Yes, I knew. Yes. Oh my God, that's happened to me before. Yeah. Have you fully orgasmed or did you stop before it happened? I stopped it because I was like, I'm in the middle of the gym right now. That's happened to me many times. I remember I was doing like tricep extension. And for whatever reason, every time I pulled down, I was like, bro, I'm like on the verge of nutting myself in the middle of the gym. (laughs) Why is this happening? Uh, see that's only it's interesting it was triceps for you because I mine is always like leg day or if I'm doing abs and I asked so I had a physical therapist first of all I googled it and it is a thing and then I had a physical therapist recently who was teaching me how to engage my core in a different way and in a way to do it where she was saying to it was more like pelvic floor engagement to help with abdominal strength. And she said to me, think of a marble going up your vagina and holding it there. And I like imagined that as a cue. And I said to her, I'm like, you know what? And I told her about, she's like, yeah, that's what it is. When you're really bracing your core you can have an orgasm because you're tightening those muscles. Mm, yeah. I mean, now that I think about it, while I was doing that exercise, for whatever reason, my core was very engaged. I think it was like the stance that I had going on. Yeah. But yeah. Was... The first time for me, it was like doing hanging leg raises. Mm. And every time I would do a leg raise, I was like, wait a second. Like, <laughs> It was like closer and closer and I had to hop off that thing and I was like what the fuck is happening right now so weird our bodies are so funny we are right playing jokes on us give us the workout in the middle of the gym like imagine us just like when we're literally I was like oh my god oh my god I I distinctly remember the first time I immediately texted my friend after that and I was like, am I crazy or has this ever happened to you? <laughs> they were like, yeah, it's happened to me too. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> I wonder if it happens to guys or like people with penises. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't know that it functions mm-hmm. like anatomy, but. I mean, I feel like they need like actual like penetration to like orgasm. Do you know what I mean? Like friction? like friction to it like they can get hard I'm sure but like I don't know that they would fully orgasm from it maybe I'm wrong though who the hell yeah because that would require like no touching of anything right let us know yeah let us know maybe we'll make it a whole place you've ever had an orgasm also I'm gonna put that as a question in here yeah do it anything sex leave us your leave us a sex story Mm, love it I say we wrap it up there. Yeah. Leave us your sex story now that you've heard ours. (laughs) Bye, guys.